Welcome to the Course Creators Academy podcast with digital design and course creation expert, Pua Lena. Tune in for strategies on how you can use online courses to grow your business. You'll hear how impact-driven entrepreneurs are using online courses to transform lives. Now, let's get started. Here's your host, Pua Lena. Welcome to the Course Creators Academy podcast. I am so excited to have a very special guest and my first guest on this podcast, Paul Larson, who is, we started out in a professional setting, professional relationship, and we have become close friends. I adore spending time with you, Paul, and um, I love learning about everything that you do and everything that you coach your clients on. Um, Two of those things that I've recently really been excited to learn more about are how to not overcome, but how to really thrive with imposter syndrome and perfectionism, which are two things that I feel like just haunt me on the daily. So I can't wait to dig into those topics today um, and just see where the conversation takes us. But I would love for you to introduce yourself and sort of all that you do uh, to our audience. Wow, Pua, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. My, uh, I think we have a mutual admiration society here. So I have garnered so much wonderful, heartfelt energy from you as well. And so it goes beyond, as you were saying, kind of that professional relationship into a connection um, that it, that transcends the professional piece. And that's those are those are always wonderful um, when when those happen because a lot of times it's a, it's a lovely surprise, not by accident though. I believe in things happen for for a variety of reasons. So it's an honor for me to be here, and it is an honor for me to be your first guest. Um, that, <laughs> and, and it's like wow, I'm like wow, this is like a benchmark. Um, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's like wow. So 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and you know I. throughout our talk together, I'll be able to share sort of my own kind of stories, my, my successes and failures and mistakes and all the things that, that make up who I am. Um, But I just love, I I'm living in California. I I'm a coach, author, and educator. I work a lot with helping people find their voice as a leader. And that touches on so much of kind of our unique value that we bring, our unique vision that we have, our unique influence that, 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 we, that we bring out to the world, right? And inspiration. Um, it also touches on how do we get unstuck so much of that time, getting out of that comfort zone and really learning how to grow and develop. And, and then kind of throwing all of that together in some big old pot, you know, and, and, and creating a brand that speaks to who you are and speaks to the world. And I think, you know, when we look at all the different ways we have in in today's world, including the incredible robust um, applications and engines and and, and, um, systems like a Kajabi and everything like that, that we have that can bring us to the world, but how do we do that uniquely? How do we do that with such a way that we are inspiring not everybody, but the people we're supposed to inspire. And that's taken me on a journey. And, and along the way, um, by the way, I'm an imposter. So a lot of times I'm, I'm kind of feeling like, 
what am I doing? And why am I, why am I on this podcast with Pua, who's got like incredible talent and ex- experience with creating courses and creating all this online um, incredible work? What am I doing here? And, you know, who are these other people that I'm with? And how come I don't feel like I quite don't quite belong? And that's just my imposter voice. So I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. That's, that's, I live with that daily. Oh my gosh. It's so, so if, if you guys don't know, um, aside from the work that I do, um, can I share, can I share how we know each other? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Perfect. So, and this is really cool. Like this, I, I just am really thrilled with how, like the trajectory of our relationship. So Paul came into our sort of sphere of awareness as a client of ours, and we're currently supporting his website design and his site build. Um, And he is now also a coach in our Course Creators Academy program. He uh, presented an amazing session at our summit a couple of weeks ago. Um, And so because I am taking part in building his website, I'm seeing his bio, I'm seeing his, uh, you know, his portfolio of clients that he's had. I'm seeing the body of work that he's put together, the book that he's written, books. Have you written multiple books? One book. One book. One One amazing, fabulous book. One book with many pages, has multiple pages. There it is. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And you're coming out with a podcast and you have, you know, multiple coaching opportunities and courses. And you've had some big time clients as well, like really big name clients. And so for you to have all the years of experience that you've had and to say that you're like, what am I doing here on Pua's podcast? Guys, my podcast as of today has four episodes. Like this is not, I'm I'm a teeny tiny little fish. And it's so, it's so interesting, those games that our minds play. And yet here we are, right? And it's, it's a beautiful product of your teachings and how you, I've learned from you how to just sort of thrive with that and use it as motivation and inspiration to actually do the things that I might be afraid to do. And I would just really love to hear your take on like why it's so important to you to not teach people how to overcome these things, but to really use it to your benefit. Yeah, no, I love that. And um, your, your, your key tag there, your key hashtag was games are minds play, right? So it's all about what are, what, what, you know, the games that our minds will play and whose minds are they? There are minds. So whose games are they? There are games. So we are creating the games, but we're also playing the games um, that are in our minds. And so when it comes to when it comes to sort of the imposter piece, imposter syndrome, um, when people are feeling um, like a fake or they're feeling like a fraud or like what I said, I don't belong here. Who, who, who am I? Why am I in with this group of people who are supposed experts? You know, um, that's our mind doing that. And when you do the, the traditional search um, online about imposter syndrome, the SEO comes back at you about overcoming imposter syndrome. And it's about overcoming this and overcoming that and how to fight this and how to fight that. And you know what? 
I'm just tired. I'm fatigued. I get like, I, I'm like everyone else. I like to put my feet up um, and I like to relax. And so when I hear overcoming, I just like, oh my gosh, that just sounds like a lot of work. And life is wonderful life, but life can be a lot of work on, on any given day, any given hour, any given minute. I don't want to add more burden to that. So when I hear the words overcome, one of the immediate things I'll do is reframe that from overcome to sort of, okay, what's a reframe from that? How about something around celebrating that or living with it or integrating it? But when I say celebrate, that's exactly what I tend to do. It's, it's like having a party around when, when I'm feeling this way, instead of, instead of necessarily avoiding that feeling or trying to overcome it, which to me kind of means climbing over it, I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to go right into it. And I'm going to say, party on. Because when, when I'm feeling that way, it means I am doing something different like mm-hmm. this. I'm doing something different, like creating my first course on Kajabi. I'm doing something different, like creating the podcast. I'm doing something different, like coaching a brand new client in a new industry. I am doing something different that might feel like I have eight legs and 14 arms and hands, but it's like I'm doing something new versus trying to overcome that, which sometimes when we do overcoming it, it almost feels like we want to overcome it to get back to what we were. Mm. And it's, you know, if you think about the pandemic the last couple of years that we're, we're still living in and we're going to be living in for a while. There's all this sometimes you hear this, this call to when we get back to normal. Well, guess what? <laughs> There's, that ain't happening. And I think a lot of people realize that now. You know, I hope, I hope a lot of people realize that now. But getting back to normal means you're going to go back to what things were. And that doesn't mean we don't want to, but it means we've got to figure out a way that we carve out. Um, we carve out a new, a new, a new, a new sort of persona, a new soul, a new way of looking at something. So when I hear about overcoming imposter syndrome, it's like, I'm not going to jump over it. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like fight it. I want to find a way to make it work, make it so that I thrive with it. And what I've been able to do is just that. I mean, that has been something that I'm, I'm pretty proud of for myself is celebrating it and then understanding what it is and then making it who I am. God, there's so many things that you said that were so spot on. And I have to say, it's when you think about imposter syndrome and perfectionism, and we were talking earlier about like the summit and the the program that we're putting together and how this is a, a transformation that we're providing. And so when I was writing the copy for the the website to bring people into the summit for your session, I wrote overcoming imposter syndrome and perfectionism because I knew those were two sure. things that you taught on. And I was just thinking of like, okay, so what is the transformation that we're looking for in Paul's session? Cool. They can move through that and overcome it. Right. And it wasn't until we had a coach's call that you were like, I definitely am not coming from the school of thought where we're going to overcome it, we're going to thrive with it. And I was like, Oh my God, why did I, why did I assume that that was the transformation? And I think it's because like, it's, it's something that 
feels like it holds us back and we want mm-hmm. to get rid of it rather than mm-hmm. understanding that it may always show up in different forms because we're going to continue to grow. And so mm-hmm. as we expand, imposter syndrome, perfectionism will show up in different ways and in different at different levels. Yes. Right? Br- brilliant. It's brilliant insight. And what you just what you and you had not told me this before so this is in the moment right <laughs> um that 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 you just said this and so when i'm reflecting back to you right now is that was a brilliant insight that you just did because you went back to like when you were putting together copy and you thought about overcoming and now you realize oh wait a minute this is why i did that and this is now what he's saying right there that's that capability that you just you just demonstrated in your narrative right just a few, couple minutes ago is stepping out of who you are and looking to say why did i do that why did i put overcome why did i do that that's that is what will help us with our mind games all the time no matter what we're doing you're just giving an example of, of when you put copy together but in many instances when we feel a certain way whether it be whether it be lack of confidence, whether it be I have to be perfect before I go out with a, with a course, um, I have to make sure I'm pleasing people. That's another symptom. Or it's taking me forever. Procrastination. I call it the three P's: procrastination, people pleasing, and um, and uh, um, um, perfectionism. Those are three symptoms of imposter syndrome, right there. And it doesn't matter what the feeling is. If we can just kind of step out of it for a moment and say, I feel like a fake and fraud. I'm a fake and fraud. No, wait a minute. I'm not. I'm feeling like I'm a fake and fraud. Mm. The difference between owning it, which is I'm a fake, I'm a fraud. I'm this, I'm that versus hold on a minute. This is just me feeling I'm having feelings like I'm a fake or fraud. Slight pivot slight finesse, but hugely different to our mind. We, we're not playing the, the traditional game with our mind that we created that says, I have to own that feeling. I'm feeling like I don't have any confidence. I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling this. I am this. It's like, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm just observing that I'm doing that. And so that's what you just did there with, with that example um, and I know you just kind of gave it, you, you were just talking about it, but that shows right there the difference between when we own something and then it becomes who we are and it becomes embedded in our DNA. And that's why we remain stuck in our fixed mindset for, for, for forever, for however long that is versus, wait a minute, stepping out of my body for a minute, looking at myself saying, no, I'm just having feelings that I'm a fake or fraud. That's my imposter or that's this or that's that, but it's just feeling. It doesn't mean I have to own it. And that's, that's the difference that right there, that's the clear distinction. Oh my gosh. I, I am a student of Paul Larson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I pre, you know, uh, you know, I, I love that, but you're a student of yourself. You're what you, what you did there was really, really powerful when you can apply that to other aspects of your of, of your life, of, 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 of things that happen, situations, scenarios, where you may feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my guess is right now, given the work that you do and given all the things that you've accomplished, especially with this summit and the academy and all and, and everything, 
you're able to kind of work through a lot of the perfectionism, a lot of the procrastination, a lot of the things that may get you stuck because it's like, you know what? Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my next step, or I'm, go- I'm feeling this, but I'm going to do this anyway. Um, and again, that is stepping out of, of our mind for a moment and looking and saying, oh, okay, this is what I need to do, or this is what I'm feeling. You're not having to own everything. So, so you're actually, I appreciate that when you say, you know, but you're actually a student of yourself because theoretically that's all we have to be is, is just understanding who we are. You know, um, the national, I said this at, 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 at some of my presentations that I've done, but it, it holds true for me so much. National Science Foundation did a study back in 2005. So it's like, I don't know how many long years ago that is now, 15, 16 years ago, but it still holds true. They did a study and they found that the average adult um, can, can process anywhere from 12,000 to 60,000 distinctly different thoughts in a day. Mm. Now, I, 12,000 to 60, I don't know, like that's just a huge range for me. You know, I mean, if I can count up to 500, I'm good. <laughs> But, of, but you know, that's a lot of thoughts. And of those thoughts, something like 80 to 85% tend to be negative. Mm-hmm. They have a negativity bias in them. Kind of like, oh, I got to be careful of this. I got to watch this. What if that happens? What if that happens? Look what happened. Da, 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 da. They have this like negativity. It doesn't mean we're always negative. It just means the thoughts are up here running around up here. And they can have a tendency of that what if kind of scenario, you know, kind of that fight or flight kind of thing that, that, right. that we humans are, 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 are engineered around. And they also found like about 90 to 95% of all those thoughts were carried over from the day before. Hmm. So we are continuing our thoughts. And how many, how, how, how often is that, you know, think about it. We don't necessarily have a thought diary that we right. keep. Right. Um, and if we did, I bet you'd find like, what am I thinking that for? Or where did that thought come from? Or my gosh, that's the same thought I've been having for the last year, you know? Um, and it doesn't mean it's a bad thought. It doesn't mean it should be changed. It brings awareness because our thoughts become who we are. Our thoughts are our thought. We have thoughts before we make any decision. We have thoughts before we take any action. Sometimes we, it happens so fast, we don't even think, but we don't do anything without thinking. You know, if I'm going to stand up right now and move, I have to think about that before. I might, it may happen so fast. I mean, the thought may just be very fleeting, but I'm still thinking about it right before it happens. Mm-hmm. So this is what I love to always kind of, this is what I use for myself. We are choosy about the cars we drive, the food we eat, um, the the clothes we wear. We're choosy about what we stream and what we watch, the music, the movies, the the, the binge watching we do. We're choosy about our friends, right? But we are very seldom choosy about the thoughts that enter our head. So I can sit here and talk about the great restaurants that I, I live in San Francisco and I ate the great places I get to eat. You live in an incredible, beautiful area. You've got favorite spots on the island that 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 in, in, in Honolulu and the surrounding islands and the neighbor islands. We can be very choosy about what we like and what we don't like. Oh, I like that place and that place, or that part of the beach is wonderful. Or in San Francisco, I love I love this neighborhood. But I am not necessarily as choosy about what thoughts enter my mind. And the and if I think about it. Heck, 
my thoughts are going to shape me much more than a pair of shoes are or much more than than a new shirt is or a jacket or whatever it might be we are not choosy about what enters our mind and thus that's why our mind going back to what you said at the very beginning can play games with us because the mind will develop the games that will create an environment that is comfortable for the mind but not necessarily the best environment for us to do our best work because our mind is going to keep us safe. Mm. That's the whole fight or flight. And most of the time we're going to, we're going to, we're going to want to remain safe. So no, Paul, you're not going to go out and, and put a new course on Kajabi or get a new website or have new photos taken or whatever it might be, because no, 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 don't do that. You might make a mistake. You might look bad. Nobody might buy it. Uh, oh, you, you don't know. Don't, don't go, don't go speak at that conference because you might look like a fool um, the, because it's trying to keep us safe. And, and that's going to keep us in a fixed mindset, which is a nice boxed in area, but it's based on fear, fear of looking stupid, fear of, 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 of not looking like you're smart, fear of looking you know, all, all the fears, right? Versus the growth, which is messy and colorful and vibrant, but it's where growth happens. And that's the difference. And I always choose, I will always choose messiness in my thoughts um, over the, the streamlined, sterile thoughts that will keep me always clean and boxed in. I don't always do that. And there'll be times where I may absolutely find myself in a fixed mindset, but then I observe it and it's my choice to get out of it. Mm. Gosh, that is so brilliant. And I, it's so, it's so um, comforting to hear Like if, if I were to introduce you or meet you and, and be introduced to you as like, let's say somebody was like, this is Paul. He is a leadership uh, imposter syndrome and perfectionism expert. I'd be like, oh my gosh, well, this guy must be perfect. He must know exactly how to <laughs> navigate this world. Um, and it's so comforting to hear that you most likely do this work because you've experienced it to the point where you're like, okay, I, I need to know how to grow. And here are these thoughts and feelings. How do I do that? Okay. This is how I've done it. Now, how do I teach others from my experience? So I'm really curious, is there a specific moment or opportunity or experience that comes to you when you think about like, maybe not like the first time you ever sort of thought about having imposter syndrome or, or any of this and moving through it anyway. Um, but what examples do you have in, in times where you were like, almost not going to do it. You're like, Oh my God, this is not for you, Paul. I am, I'm out. And then you're like, you know what, let's do it anyway. Yeah. So a couple, a couple things come to mind on that. Um, you know, we all have those moments. It's a matter if we're aware of those moments, if we're available for those moments, and if we're going to be awake for those moments. So mm -hmm. the three A's aware, available, and awake, they don't have to be always be in that order. They can happen in any of those orders. Um, you know, it's and, and, and usually when the pain of where we are gets so great that it is greater than the pain of moving forward, 
that's usually when something happens. That's usually when we hit the, that, that we, we talk about this all the time sometimes, right? In life, we hit that proverbial wall and I've got to, I've got to make a change. It could be a relationship that we have to get in or get out of. It could be, it could be a, a career that we've got to get in or get out of. It could be anything in our life where we, the pain of staying where we are is so much greater than the pain of the change if we moved. And that's the, that's usually when that happens, that happens at all different times. For me, one of those pains was a June day in 2009. I remember it as, as, as if it's any, if it's, it's like yesterday, I was sitting in a church as most people do in June. Um, anyway, I was sitting <laughs> in a church and it was at, it, I was listening to people get up and they were getting up in front of the church and they were taking a microphone and they were talking about my father because it was my father's memorial service. Right. Mm. And he was a wonderful man. He had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life. So all these people are getting up and they're like, I remember, you know, my dad's name was Alf, A-L-F, good Norwegian name. I remember Alf as a neighbor 50 years ago, he did this for me. And I remember Alf when he was doing this and somebody else would get up and say, oh, I remember Captain Alf because he was an airline pilot. And he was, he was just wonderful. And he would treat us all with respect. And these people were just talking about the legacy that my father had built in his life. And, and, and it was like one person after another. And it was just like, wow. And it was beautiful. And I knew that because my dad was a, was a, was a wonderful, beautiful man. So it wasn't, it wasn't surprising to me to hear all that. Here's what happened. The wall. <laughs> I hit the wall and it came crashing down in that memorial service, probably because, you know, losing a parent, losing, a, losing your dad, there's some vulnerability there. You're, 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 you're maybe a little bit more vulnerable in that kind of moment. So the wall just kind of crumbled. And what happened, Pua, was I thought to myself, what are they going to say about me? Mm. Here they were, people were extolling the virtues of my father, which was all just incredible. And then I said, oh my gosh, what are they going to say when I go? What are they going to, what are people going to be saying at my, at, at, at my memorial service, you know, which hopefully will be decades, decades and decades and decades in the future. But they're going to pick up a microphone. What are they going to do? What are they going to say? Uh, Paul helped me with my HR reports. Paul helped me hire a couple hundred people. Paul helped me uh, lay off a few hundred people. Paul helped me develop compensation plans at work because I was in human resources. And I, I literally was sitting there thinking, oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. It's all about my work. It's all about sort of what I do at work, which I was good at. As, as you know, in, in terms of the vision I had in my head about what people were saying about me it was all good, but it was like, oh my God, that's not what I want to be known for. I have so much more to give. I have another message to get out. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, but I have so much more to do. And, and it was, it was like, I was sitting in the, in the, the church pew. Right. And it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? I was like sitting there. Like it was so, um, it was so spellbinding to me that it just kind of like, it, it just kind of like was, was, was in a, a love punch to mm. my stomach. And I realized in that moment, to your point, that's exactly when I said, I have a decision to make it. What do I, you know, it do, do I stay where I'm at 
in kind of a nice, comfortable area. I was at working at an incredible company. It was called Adobe Technology. You know, everyone knows Adobe software. Adobe, great company, great people, great products. It had nothing to do with the company, but I was not passionate. I was not engaged. I was not, I, I, it wasn't what, you know, but I could have stayed there the rest of my life. And I would have had a very, 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 very comfortable, more than comfortable life. But it was like, oh my gosh, I've got to go out and do something. And I wasn't quite sure what that was. And I knew I had a message. I knew I had something to do. And I knew I had a new journey to start. And you want to talk about scary? It wasn't even a journey to continue. It was a journey to start. And this was back in 2009. And I, you know, to be honest, I wasn't even young back in 2009, you know, and I'm like thinking about starting a new journey. But then I thought, what if I don't? What, what, what if I don't? And, and I realized at that time, I had, I had, like I said, decision to make. And I thought, what's the worst that can happen? What's the absolute worst that can happen? I thought, okay, I could go out, leave my job, make a complete fool of myself in front of, I don't know how many people, or maybe one person, I don't know, um, and kind of fail at what I do and then learn from that. And I could always go back and get a job. I could go, I can go get a job somewhere. I could, I, I knew I was, I could, I could, I could do any kind of work. I have no problem doing any kind of work. So I thought if that's the worst, it was like a revelation to me. Why wouldn't I try it? Why wouldn't I go out and try something that I wanted to do? And that became right there when the wall came down for me because the pain of staying where I was, was going to be greater than the pain of trying something new. And all my voices in my head, of which I had quite a few as we all do, were all on cassette, eight tracks, streaming, you name it, CDs. And they're just all like, are you nuts? It's 2009. The economy was still, we had just gone through the 2008 stuff. 2009 was still, are you crazy? Didn't matter. I didn't do it it, with a rash decision. I made some fundamental, I I prepared and I, I, I took some time, but within about six months, it was time to time to do that. And I just kept, I just kept taking the baby steps necessary to say, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And that led me to kind of find my voice. At the time, I didn't know find your voice was going to be my, my brand and my tagline, but I ended up journeying on that find your voice kind of road that became the book that came out about five years after that. And, and it just became sort of my story that's still unfolding today. It doesn't end. There is no destination. It's an ongoing thing. And we have this, um, in today's world, we have this uh, need to have a destination all the time. I have to get there. And it's called get there itis. It's actually, a, it's, it's a very true kind of syndrome, get there itis. No matter what, we're going to get there. And my dad, I mentioned my dad was an airline pilot. And one of the biggest causes of airline accidents is when the pilots have this get their itis and no matter what they do, they're gonna land the plane or take off the plane and they're gonna ignore anything else that could be happening because they have to get there. They're gonna land because they're only a few hundred feet from the ground. So they're just gonna go right forward and land even though the environment might be saying, don't land right now, divert. Even though the plane might be saying, you've got something going on here, check this out. No, we're, just, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. And there has been, there have been incredibly um, 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 studies done with pilots that have this get their itis. 
that forces them into this kind of myopic vision. Same holds true for us. We have get their itis because if you look at today's world, everyone is just everyone is to us. A lot of our pe- a lot of our people we look at are all there, and so I got to get there. I just have to get where they're at. I have to get my course there. I have to get to the 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 Kajabi Hero hundred thousand dollar. I got to get there. And in fact, if anyone will tell you, it's the journey, the journey of what you and I've talked about in this whole thing today. And about our relationship is all about the journey. It hasn't necessarily been about the destination at all. It's about our connection and the journey and who we meet and how we learn from each other. So that to me was probably the pivotal moment. And again, I was available to hear it. I was awake to hear it. And I was aware enough to understand. Um, and I didn't have all the answers. And I, and I, all I knew is I had to take one or two steps. But I didn't have the next 20 steps outlined. All I had was like one or two steps, then the next two steps and the next two steps, which brings me to where I'm at today, talking to you in 20, you know, in, in, in the year that we're at going into this beautiful, you know, new year. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. There's so many things that you said that, that just really resonate. I hope with so many people listening and that whole get their itis, like, okay, first I, I, I do want to ask like, this was something, this was clearly a pivotal moment where all of the awareness around just moving towards a direction that feels more in alignment with where you want to be. Did you find that saying yes to that and taking the actions to move towards that was, there was, did you find any momentum where you were like, okay, I did this. I did the thing. I left the job. I did whatever the next step was, whether it was signing up for a website or, you know, whatever that next step was for you. And then were you consciously aware of every time you took a little action after that? And you're like, okay, I hear the voices, but I'm just going to take this little action or, you know, what was that journey? Like after that big moment? Yeah, that's a great, oh my gosh, that is a great, um, you're taking me back to that, those <laughs> moments, right? And, and, and still today to those moments, although those moments become a little easier because I'm, I'm on that constant journey, but you're absolutely right. So yes, I became very aware and I became, I became very acute at really listening to what I thought was appropriate or not. So the universe, you know, whatever we believe in, faith, whatever, whatever our belief in, will always test us. So when I left Adobe, immediately within a, just a, uh, I would say just a couple of weeks, I started getting tons of opportunity to come work at this company or that company in the same kind of role. And you want to tell me that it wasn't like, oh, well, maybe I should go look at that company because they are a little bit different. And, you know, they're kind of cool or this company over here. Wow, this is they're, they're big in search and they're doing all this great stuff. And all of a sudden, and then I said, wait a minute, that's my comfort. That's my, all my voices. That's even my imposter saying, you don't belong out here in this area, which is like a big meadow where there's nobody around. You need to go back with your tribe, which is in the corporate world with all of these folks that are coming and work from eight to six and do their job. And da, 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 da. that's where you belong, Paul. So that's where you need to go. You can, you can leave Adobe if you want, but you need to go to another company. That's what my voices were saying. 
So you're absolutely right. I had to, I had to, uh, not only were we tested, but, but not only, excuse me, not only was I tested, but I had to really look and say, no, I have to sit in this uncomfortable state. We, in coaching, we call it getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, you know, that ain't a tagline. I don't think anyone's going to have on their license plate or in their, on their bumper sticker. I don't even know if people keep bumper stickers anymore on cars, but you know, you see bumper stickers. It really isn't, you know, like who, who wants to like, get hello, get, get comfortable being uncomfortable, but that's what you kind of have to do. You have to get into this kind of ease of being uneasy. And I said to myself, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I don't want to live my life in constant turmoil and, and always kind of in this, in this, in this mode. Let's just like give myself a certain amount of time. And this is something people can do in, in terms of the relative ease of it. So I said, I'm going to give myself a good 12 months for this. Mm. And, and so by doing that, it kind of subsided the voices a bit. And before I knew it, the 12 months passed. I didn't even, I didn't even like knew the 12 months had passed. It wasn't like I was keeping like any kind of check because by the time I got to the 12 months later on, um, I was already taking the steps and getting a little bit more comfortable being uncomfortable that the next steps and the next steps would be a little bit bigger, still all baby steps because we don't make usually large changes don't stick. So these are little baby steps, but you get more comfortable with that and you have, and then you find more support. I found like you and I have been talking. I found people like myself that were doing the same thing. I reached out to people. I had, I I talk about vulnerability. I'd say, help me. I, I, I really have no clue what I'm doing. I think I'm kind of doing this and people are more than welcome. It's more than, more than happy here. Oh, here's Paul. Here's what I did. Here's what you should do. Da, 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 da. And, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice I got when I left and went on to my own and kind of opened my own, hung out the, the, the shingle right on my own business, people said, forget website, forget everything else, get clients, get clients. And, you know, it is so easy to say, oh, no, I need a website. And today it's like, oh, no, you got to have the Facebook page. You got to be on TikTok. You got to do this. You got to do all, Oh, you get all that done. Oh, get your all your marketing stuff done. Da, 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 da. And then they have a, have a beautiful brand, but they have no clients. So one of the first things that people said, and you're shaking your head because you, you know exactly it, get clients. Yes. And that's what I did. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that. I, it's so funny. Like as a, yeah, there's, I, I want to like, <laughs> there's like four things I want to talk about. I'm really, really excited. But just to touch on that, as a web designer to see, to hear you say, you don't need a website. Like I should be saying like, Oh, stop it. Don't say that. But I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And every single time somebody comes to me and they just launched their business or they're still figuring out like, Oh, I think I want to do a course. Um, I'm not really sure like what, what that looks like yet. I always tell them like, do you have, have you sold this yet? And, and even if somebody says, oh no, it's, it, it doesn't exist yet. So I can't sell it. You can pre-sell, you can sell the idea because mm-hmm. it, th- that does a few things, right? It's proof of concept. Do people believe in the solution that you offer enough to invest in that? It's like a Kickstarter, right? People believe yeah. in what you are currently creating enough yep. that they'll give you money for it like months ahead of time. 
So it's not that you can't sell something that doesn't exist, but if you don't know that people want to buy it, do not invest money around creating all of these things around it that may or may not pan out long-term. And I'll be like, the last thing that you need is a website. The first thing that you need is to sell it. Excel it. Exactly. You, 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 you nailed it. And it's so easy, especially, you, you know, I, I was talking 2009 and, you know, this is now over decades later, a decade later, where it is so easy to, to, to get lost in, in, in everything that we can do and to get lost in the branding and the marketing and all the stuff. Um, but yet you don't, and to your point about proof of concept, if you don't have proof of concept in any way, shape, or form from a pre-sale, from a client, from one person, um, then you it's so easy to get be, to be distracted. And that's what happens. And your fixed mindset, your imposter loves that because it's like, oh, we're, you know, Paul's not going to go out there and get a client. We're going to keep him so distracted with getting websites. And then after he gets one website, he's going to have to redo it. He's going to have to reboot it and replenish it and, 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 you know, and refresh it after, after about a year. And so even if he doesn't have any clients, he's still going to refresh his website. There's so many different things you, your imposter syndrome will say, see, we're going to keep you comfortable here because we don't want you to go out over here and there and get a client and and stumble and fall and make mistakes and it's 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 very indicative in you know in today's world the bells and whistles are incredible right that we have Mm -hmm. but you can get lost in those bells and whistles and the bells and whistles can be so noisy you can't even hear get any clarity in your head about what you should be doing next and and we get lost in that totally and i think that's that's where my imposter syndrome shows up is in like the perfectionism of creating the things. And I, I am a designer. And so I love to just like sit in the back end and I'm just going to put the website, I'm just gonna put the landing page together. And I'm just going to put this, I'm going to make 30 social media graphics just in case. And I'm going to make sure they're all perfect. And then I'm going to have everything ready. And I'll be like, Oh, I don't know if I should launch this. Let me just tweak the spacing on this or And I see it a lot in my clients where we'll set a launch date and right before that launch date, all of a sudden, all these updates come in and they're like, well, actually, I don't know if I like that picture. And I, I, and it's, it's so many updates that we can't get them done before that launch date. And I'm like, let's, let's look at this. Like we can always adjust after, but you're going to launch. Like I, it's, it's an upper limits thing, I think. And people are it's subconscious and it's very uncomfortable for people. It's uncomfortable for me. Um, and one of the things that I found is like, I am not the kind of person (laughs) I'm about to really out myself. I'm not the kind of person that is, can like remain accountable to myself. Like I don't have a problem letting myself down, but I have a Mm -hmm. huge problem letting other people down. So Mm -hmm. like this summit, right? It was the first of anything like this that I've done. I could very well have just done it myself and never put it out there, but I brought other people in. Like I had coaches who were participating and I had people that were setting these dates and times aside and I couldn't not do it. So even though I felt like, what am I doing? (laughs) 
I had to do it because of the accountability to other people. So I'm curious, is that something that you ever like talk about or, or is that, what is your experience with that kind of, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, with that kind of scenario or that yes. kind of, you know, what you're talking about is a solution. What you're talking about is an actual solution to how do you get unstuck about being in this distracted state all the time when you don't even know you're being distracted. You actually think you're getting stuff done because you're, you're, you're doing lots of stuff and you can, and you actually can have tangible effort. You know, you've got all your social media um, images and, and you've got all your quotes and you've got all that. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go back and tweak that. I think I'm going to capitalize this. Do that. So you have actual tangible stuff. It's, a, it's, it's, it's when you can break out of that. And the key is becoming aware. It's becoming aware of when you're in those states. And what do you need to do? to break out of that. And what you just provided is one solution, which is to have accountability partners, to be accountable to another person or people, as you, as you stated in terms of the, the summit, you're, you're accountable for the coaches because other people are relying on you. You can't sit there and say, okay, well, the summit's going to be on this date. No, I'm going to move it to this date. I'm going to move it to that date. I'm going to move it because you have the coaches that you've the, that you've enrolled and engaged. You've got the audience that is wanting the information. So absolutely, one of the things I think I did um, when 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 I went on my own, and I remember I told you I kind of raised my hand out there and said, you know, hello, um, I can someone help me, and then I kind of became um, I I got into sort of a lack of a better word, I'll call it like a mastermind group, but it wasn't necessarily just a mastermind group because that to me actually sounds like very smart people. And I don't know if I belong in one of those, especially at that time, but it was a collection of people who kind of helped each other and we held each other accountable. And sometimes having a third party, meaning it could be a friend, it could be a colleague, it could be what whoever it might be, family members saying, is this really what you want to do? Or Paul, last week you said this, and we're noticing that this week, um, you know, and, and, and I could give excuses or I could give a reason. Okay. Are you really hiding behind that? Or is this definitely something that you just need to do in order to get something done? So having people, um, your tribe, so to speak, your community, getting a coach who can, who can help you with, with holding that space for you. The coach isn't necessarily there to direct you and tell you what to do um, and a taskmaster, but there can be, again, you want a thought partner who's not going to just mirror back the same thing you're saying. It's, it's somebody who is going to ask you a question. And again, that can come from a variety of people, but a question that is gonna pause you to stop and take a breath and answer authentically based on based on what the answer is it's not going to be the question you ask yourself that your mind plays games with you on and you oh yeah 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 i got yeah you know well paul are you really doing this because you don't really want to launch this oh no 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 i just got to get this image done i'm going to do three more images then i'll get it done those are answering myself but if i'm answering to someone else my thought process might be a little bit different in what comes out and then what I mirror up in my mind. And then all of a sudden I can hear myself saying something that's a little bit different than what I talk to myself about. So what you just provided there is a perfect solution around um, 
having people in your tribe, meeting people, one person doesn't have to be, you don't, you know, I'm an introvert. So it's not like I'm, I'm going to have tons and tons of people, but one person that can help you with that. Absolutely. Woo, bless you. I know, I know you muted just in time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank oh you. my gosh. I, yeah, I am so intrigued by the work that you do and, and so grateful that you do this work in the world, because I think there are so, I know there are so many people who would still be in that uncomfortable place without people like you to say, Hey, it's, it's okay. Like this is, this is uncomfortable for a reason. And here's what your reality could be. If you are willing to sort of look at this and, and, and take actions in this direction. Um, and I'm so curious how the work that you do with perfectionism, imposter syndrome, all of these things uh, weaves into the work that you do in terms of your leadership coaching and, and training. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that. Thank you for the comment. Thank you for the compliment and, and, and the insight, right? Um, the work I do is the work I do on myself. So, you know, um, uh, I was in a program, I think it was like early 2020. And one of the statements that came out of this program was just, you know, or this conference I attended was, um, you know, my life is my marketing. And, you know, if you think about it, it's like, what does that mean? But if you, th if you think about my life, what I've had in my life and, and who I am and all the successes, failures, mistakes, recognition, validation, experience, that's my marketing. So, so, so in all the companies I've, I've worked at um, for 30 plus years in a variety of different roles from individual contributor to, to C-suite leader, um, I've had like, I've had like, you name it, I've had everything happen and I've done everything and I've made mistakes. And some of those mistakes I was aware of, some I weren't until after, I've had great successes, but you learn from those. And that becomes the mosaic of who I am as a coach. And then you know, fast forward to where we are today, I just look at sort of my, my, my experiences and the imposter syndrome, perfectionism, um, all those things that we've talked about. I deal with that all the time. I, you know, I, I deal with, you know, I deal with imposter syndrome, you know, you know, all the time, but I'm able now to kind of step and say, oh, wait a minute, that's my imposter voice speaking. Cool. Okay, Mr. Okay, imposter, I've got it from here. I'll take it from here. I got it. Versus getting stuck in it, and or getting getting bogged down in it or feeling bad about it, you know. Not right before the pandemic shut down, we, I was speaking uh, at a conference, and um, I uh, it was it was it was a great time speaking. I I love being on stage. You know, I'm an expressive introvert, as they say. And I got off stage and I went over to where you people, you know, the speakers were, and they're selling their books and stuff. So I have a book that I published um, a few years ago, and a gentleman came up and approached me and says, you know. Paul, he goes, wow, he goes, that was, that I really, really resonated with what you were saying up there and how, how you know, how we need to find our voice and how we need to, you know, get our, you know, uh, deal with our imposter syndrome and all these things. And I said, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's a nice compliment. He says, is this your book? And I, of course I had my book, you know, out there and, he, and I go, yeah. And he goes, I'd like to buy every, every copy here. I want to buy, I want to buy every copy you've got. And I'm going to give them out to my team at, at, at the office. He was a CEO. And I had just spoken at this conference 
I had just talked about imposter syndrome. This, this gentleman, lovely gentleman, had just complimented me on my conference, on, on my speaking. And in that, in a flash moment, flash second, he wanted to buy my book and my imposter voice popped right up in my head and said, you can't let him buy the book. You are not an author. You are fake. You are a fraud. This book has been out for five years. You can't sell him any of this book because you are not, you are a fake and you are a fraud. Just like that. I have been, I, this book has been on Amazon. It has actually won awards. That doesn't mean anything to anybody or, you know, it doesn't mean all I'm saying is there's validation of the book, but here I was, and this guy's going to buy it, however many copies. And my imposter voice in that moment, and this was just recent said, you can't let him. And I'm smiling at the man across the table. I'm smiling at him. And this is going on in my head. And I just, I just, I just was smiling. <laughs> and, I thought, and I, and I, and I, and I said, wow, thank you. And the, the funny part was I wasn't thanking him, even though it sounded like I was, and I certainly had gratitude to her. I was thanking my imposter voice because I needed to thank my imposter voice to shove it on its way so that I could collect the books and sell every single one of them to him. And I could make sure that he got them, which I did. But when I said, thank you, he goes, oh yeah, no problem. And I thought, <laughs> I thought to myself, oh, I'm thanking my imposter voice. Of course, I thanked him and, and you know, by signing each book and, 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 and just making sure he understood how generous and, and gracious he was with his, with his offer. But it was so ironic that here I had just been speaking on it. The book has been out. I have spoken on it. The book has, I've sold the book. And in that moment, I let my, the, the little door open and that imposter walked right in and said, no way can you let him buy 13 copies, maybe one copy, but don't make him buy 13 copies, which is what I had in, in my inventory left there at that conference, because you can't, he's, you're not, you're not really an author. You're a fake right there. So that shows you right there. It will happen. It can happen on an ongoing basis. You know, the late Maya Angelou, the, the incredible, uh, she's just an incredible artist, but as an author, she wrote incredible, incredible literature. But she said, even on, I think it was like her 11th book, she made a comment. You'll see the quote out there um, if you Google it. She said something like, I've written 11 books. One of these days, I'm going to be found out. One of these days, I'm going to be found out. Uh. So she, she dealt with imposter syndrome. Tom Hanks, the accomplished actor, deals with imposter syndrome. Howard Schultz, who was the former CEO who built Starbucks up from, from what it was, um, dealt with imposter syndrome. So many people, do. Serena Williams, the incredible tennis, tennis athlete, tennis player, and, and citizen of the world, dealt with deals with imposter syndrome. So it's not so much having confidence because you can be confident. I'm a confident imposter, but it's what's going on inside and how you deal with that. I don't think anyone would say Tom Hanks is not a confident actor or Serena Williams is not a confident um, athlete, but it's what's going on inside with our mind games coming back to what you said earlier. And, and I think that's where we, we can take control of those games and we can play the game to win versus playing the game to lose, which is what our imposter syndrome wants to do by keeping us in our box. Holy smokes. 
This is amazing. You are amazing. I am so grateful that you shared with our audience today and just for being connected with you. It's such a pleasure and such a joy to, to learn from you and hear your stories. And I'm sure you have so many stories to share about this for your, your own experience and your clients. And not that I want you to share client experiences with the podcast, but <laughs> there's a confidentiality clause, I'm sure. But um, I just, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. This was so, I'm, I'm sure people will get a ton out of this. And if people do want to continue this conversation with you and learn more about your coaching and your programs, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. So I'm on all the social media platforms. Um, I love to be connected with people on LinkedIn. So Paul N. Larson, um, my website's paulnlarson.com and the new website will be coming out thanks to your wonderful uh, art artistry and your design team um, and what that's going to be doing. So I'm very excited about that. And that's paulnlarson.com. Um, they can send me an email. So I love to hear from people, you know, so paul at paulnlarson.com. Um, Twitter, voice as a leader, clubhouse, voice as a leader, Facebook business page, voice as a leader. Um, any way, shape or form, you know, I, I just love to hear from people. So whether or not they want, they want, they want to know more about my services or whether or not they just want to gab and chat about imposter syndrome. It's a, it's, it's a fun topic in a sense. And I like to keep it fun because if you think about it, it's crazy. We have something in our heads that's telling us we have to be somebody else to be successful. I just think that's a hoot. And so it's <laughs> like, there's so much to talk about when we talk about imposter syndrome that, we tend to think about it as like, oh my gosh, oh no, 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 oh no, oh no, no, no. It's fun. It's celebration. It means you're doing something great in your life, new in your life. So celebrate it. So I'm available any way, shape, or form for folks to to connect with me. Oh, I love that. And Paul is very responsive. Let me tell you, <laughs> he will reply to you. His Instagram is amazing. You have a really active. Uh, LinkedIn following, which is phenomenal. So definitely, if you're inspired by this conversation, please reach out to Paul and, and he is just so much fun. I am so grateful again for your time and your energy here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Pua. It's been an honor and I just really, really appreciate it. You just bring, you bring so much inspiration and heart to the world. And so it's just, it's been an honor to meet you. And it's been an honor to, to be a guest on your first, first guest on your podcast. And I just love our connection. So mahalo from, from myself. Yay, mahalo. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Course Creators Academy podcast. Join the conversation in the Course Creators Clubhouse on Facebook. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share the love with a five-star review. And tag us on Instagram at puelena.co for a shout out on the next episode. And be sure to visit puelena.com for more info. Thanks again for listening.